Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. of my message is the power of a a praying mother and uh, the power of praying women as we heard last week God is so interested in families and we are the family of God and it's a very all-inclusive family and blessed to be a part of it I think the greatest blessing of my life has been uh, to be a mother to my two amazing grown children now, Chad and and Tiffany, and for my growing up grandchildren as well, because they're growing up to adulthood very, very quickly. And uh, even though as a a little girl, I was not one of those uh, girls that just dreamed of being a wife and a mother. I had some other dreams. (laughs) But... Wonderfully, my husband and I married very young. I was young when we married, but we uh, did not have our son until five years after we were married. And uh, as soon as I had my son, my mother instinct clicked in very strong, thankfully. And uh, he was born in Victoria, and when they brought him to me, he was all dressed in pink because he was so pretty. He was dressed in pink. And um, anyway, I, had, I really wanted to have a son because I was brought up in a family with three girls. Blake had three boys. As it turns out, the mixture turned out to be pretty good because God blessed us with a daughter as well. But when they brought him to me, I, I, just, I, I did not give natural child, childbirth. I had cesarean for most of my children. And, and so... Um, I just had to check out the apparatus to see that he really was a boy, and and he was, hallelujah, praise God. And then a few few years later, five years, the Lord blessed us with our precious daughter who has been a delight and a joy to our hearts. Uh, As I said, I grew up in a family with three girls, and my father was a real man's man and a sportsman, and I'm sure he would have loved to have had a son. But after having three girls, he said, well, we're not going to fill our house up with daughters just to try and get a son. So I kind of got a message that a house full of daughters would never measure up to a son. And that was a big wound in my heart. But thankfully, my Heavenly Father thinks differently about that subject. And uh, my husband grew up in a family with three boys, and uh, I know that his mother would have loved to have a daughter, but eventually she had one, me, and, uh, and others of her daughter-in-laws, and we have, are blessed with our son-in-law, Derek, and our daughter-in-law, Willow, as well. But, um, you know, I, I did not do everything right as a young mom. I, uh, I was a pretty um, motivated, focused person, and uh, that message I got from my in my early years, I became very um, performance-oriented and perfectionistic, and, and uh, as a mother, I know that I was demanding upon my son particularly, and uh, most of you have heard him play his violin. Well, he started off in a little one-quarter um, inch violin or one-quarter size violin, and, and um, 
there are still tear stains on that violin from, from mother getting them to practice. But I think both of them would rise up and call me blessed at this point because they're both making their uh, living at music. So some of that demand proved, proved to be beneficial in spite of my motivations. And, my, and as, as Priscilla sang this morning, those things that would seem to be failures in our life that God builds upon those things, and he transforms them. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm just so thankful that we're still in that process, all of us. And, and uh, I just really want to bless all of you who are moms today and you who are women today because there is an amazing, wonderful call of God upon the women of God. And so we're going to look into the Word of God for a bit today and, and trust that you'll be encouraged by it. Most of you have heard the term, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. We may think of that in terms of maybe a negative term, but I believe God desires to make that a very positive uh, message to our hearts that that we would know who we are and we would be strong in the Lord and we will fulfill the call and the destiny that is upon our lives as women, that we really would be women of influence in, in this season. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the warrior who is within us as women. In, in Psalm 144, one it said, Blessed be the rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. And we may seem like unlikely candidates considering our history, where we've come from, the things that we've gone through, and yet we have this tender side, but we have this warring side that God has given us the capacity to be able to, to be strong in the Lord. And um, we can even look at it and say the, the warrior who is mom. Just to live every day and nurture your children and care for your home and, and care for your children, it, it can be a real fight of faith sometimes. And, uh, but the Lord wants us to be those, those warriors, whether we're young women or whether we're mothers, whether we're single or whether we have spouses that God wants us to be, and let that warrior woman rise up inside of us in a godly way. We've seen the negative of that. That's not what we're talking about, but just to really know who we are in the Lord. We're seeing our culture all around us uh, deteriorating, and the values that we hold dear as believers, uh, we're not seeing that as much manifest, but we have the opportunity to be those ones that, that carry that that carry that. And there's a prophetic alarm, I believe, for we as women and mothers, and it's that we would rise up and fight for our children and for our families. In, in, in Israel, where it, there's lots of celebration and excitement that's going to happen tomorrow because the uh, U.S. Embassy is going to come back to Jerusalem, to the city of God. We want to remember Margaret and Patter there for this historic event. Bless them and protect them and all those who would be gathered. I believe the angels of the Lord will be there to do warfare on their behalf. But, but God just wants us to just rise up in this place and, and understand that we need to be those women of God who will fight for the purposes of God. And we don't fight with weapons that are carnal at all, but those weapons that are mighty and powerful and, and godly. And, and the greatest influencing power that we can have is to be women of prayer, 
women of prayer. And you know that that is a passion of my heart. So we're hearing that prophetic alarm and we're going to rise up. And I'm just praying too that, that um, we have a, a, a beautiful generational thing that's happening, a shift in, in, in emphasis in some ways. But my heart is that, that praying, that that prayer warrior would transfer into the younger generation, that some of you who are young, that I know that that's in your heart to be those women of God that God's called you to be, but that you would hear the call to prayer, to fight for the things that you value, not to let them go, because God wants to have generation after generation who will fight for his purposes. Uh, last week, uh, Jake began our series about family matters, and uh, he took us back uh, to Genesis, and he took us back to God's original intent for us, where God created male and female in his image to have dominion and to, and to reflect his image in the earth. And we know that the fall distorted that image, and God has been in the process of restoring the image that he has for us. And uh, if we look at Eve in, in, the, in the Bible, that... Uh, God said to Adam that he was going to make a helper suitable for, for him. And if we look at that word helper, it's sometimes, you know, we would think as women that that is something that is lesser than, it doesn't have as much value, it doesn't have as much importance. But we can see in the word God's heart, even in that addressing of the woman, that she would be a helper suitable. And if we look at Psalm 121, 1, it says that there that I will look unto the hills. From whence does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And the, the meaning of that word helper, as God is our helper, that is the same meaning that the name Eve had, that she would be a helper suitable. So she has a very high calling, a very noble calling, a very precious calling in God. And we're to remember that, women, because that will help us in this fight of, of faith that we're walking in. Eve in Hebrew is Ezer, Ezer, E-Z-E-R, and it is a warrior term. Her name is a warrior term. It means one who aids in battle, one who is a fellow warrior with with her spouse, with uh, the men of God, that we are together reflecting the image of God. And uh, 14 times in the Bible, it, it's mentioned many times this term Ezer, but 14 times in the Bible, it refers to God himself. Ezer refers to God himself, and that is the very name that, that God gave to Eve, that she would be this warrior woman. And... Uh, Something happening here? Yeah, well, you know what? This is an awesome message, isn't it? And I'm sitting here hearing this rub a bit, and I don't want to lose this message and not be able to. Sorry. Can you just clip this? So, I'm sorry, guys. She's a helper suitable right now. Yeah. It's such a, I'm sitting here thinking, oh, no, what if we can't post this? It's so good. Perfect. That's better. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for your help. <laughs> let's look at... Let's... He puts his helpers, make them suitable. All right. We're going to look at some scripture here this morning just to show us from the word of God that, that we are to be these warriors, these mothers of, 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 who will fight for their families. Psalm 127, 3 and 4 says, Behold, children 
are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Now, I'm sure in the everyday plan of life and all the struggles and all the challenges, sometimes it, we don't feel like that as mothers. We don't feel like that as women. But this is what the Word of God says. And I've been thinking a lot about that fruit of the womb or the word womb because that's how the term woman comes from that term womb. That God has given us as women, he's given us as mothers the capacity to birth. And I was thinking in terms of Mary in Luke where it says that the Holy Spirit was hovering over her and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she was able to receive the seed of God to be able to, to, to have Jesus formed in her womb. And what was her response? She said, be it unto me according to your word. And you know, we can have natural wombs that can give birth to our natural children but I think even greater and believe even greater than that is that God has given us spiritual wombs where we're able to receive the seed of the word of God and that we're able to have that seed nurtured within us and that we can be nurturers, that we can have fruit in our spirit-filled lives, that we can have fruit in the family of God. And, and that is so important. And I love that picture, like an arrow in the hand of a warrior. That, you know, we would just pull back our bows as, as mothers and pull back our bows as spiritual mothers and release those arrows into uh, the, the universe, into, into our world, so that our children, whether they be spiritual or whether they be natural, will be like those arrows that will will make their mark. They will make their mark because each of us has that destiny in God. Jeremiah 51.20, this is spoken to Israel, but it, it is in the flow of uh, what our hearts uh, would be to receive this ability to, to be those ones who are prepared for war in this time and this season. It says, you are my battle axe and weapons of war. For with you I will break the nations in pieces. So there is this real authority and ability to be used in the hand of God to, to fight the warfare that he has for us. I often pray this scripture over my family in Isaiah 54, 17, and you're familiar with it, but it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises up in accusation against you, you shall condemn. This is your rightful inheritance in God. It's our inheritance in the Lord. It's our inheritance as men and women. It's our inheritance as women of God and mothers to be able to understand that we can declare the word of God. No matter what we're going through today, no matter what the story is about our life right now, that God wants to form his story within our families. And he wants our families to be blessed and to declare no weapon formed against my family will prosper. This is my inheritance to speak the word of the Lord, to speak the word of the Lord. Now, how many of you know that um, the Bible says in, in 1 Peter 5, 8, he says that be sober, be vigilant for your adversary. The devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in faith. And so, you know, the enemy doesn't play fair. He doesn't give up his battle against us. He doesn't take a day off. Mother's Day is not that special to him. 
I actually believe that it probably creates terror in his heart because he knows if the godly, spirit-filled women of God really understand who they are and stand up in this place in this season that a lot of his dynamics and his strategies are going to be ended. But he does have a strategy, and we do have an enemy, and his desire is to kill that seed. His desire is to kill our inheritance. And he, he will not give up on that. So women of God, you know, if you think about it, if someone would try to come against your kid, what do you do? Well, you just rise up inside. doesn't matter what your kid has done or what he's doing right now. You're going to rise up like that mama bear and you're going to go to war for sure, right? And yet sometimes when we see the tactics of the enemy, we kind of lazily lie back and and just think that everything's going to be okay. But God wants to give us that kind of fierceness of spirit that we will truly fight for our children because they are the greatest treasures we have. The children of God, our children, are the greatest treasures we have. And as you become more mature, as I am, uh, you realize that more and more and more and more. But I just pray that you young women, you who will be mothers, will understand who you are in God. And the enemy has a strategy, and part of his strategy is to attack mothers. Because we are vulnerable, because we are sensitive, he will come against those areas, and often it is in in our value. He will try to distort our self-perception of who we are. And, and, uh, And, you know, all of a sudden on Mother's Day, isn't it true, a lot of things just surface, the failures. They come to the surface where we've missed it as mothers. I can see some of you nodding your head. Yeah, that's happened today. Some very vivid pictures have come to my mind in preparing this message. And so the enemy would just want to come and just accuse us and lie to us, but we know that he's cast down. The accuser is cast down. And he would uh, try to oppress the women of God, distress the women of God, depress the women of God, And, and the Lord is wanting to come with his word to encourage us and for us to know who we are in the Lord. And I trust, you know, I was just uh, looking at a message um, this, this week. Some of you know Beth Moore. I think you've heard of Beth Moore. And uh, she is probably one of the foremost Bible teachers, women Bible teachers in the world. And she sent out a letter this week addressing it to her brothers in the church and things that she's kept under wraps for a long time. But she was just... Um, bringing to light some of the misogyny, some of the, the, the um, male dominance that has been particularly in the church. And uh, she was just addressing that, that all through her ministry life, she had suffered great persecution because she is a woman who God has called to preach the word of God. And how many of you know that there is a lot of churches and a lot of belief systems that believe that we as women should not be up here preaching or teaching, particularly if there's men in the congregation? Some of you may have been taught that, but I'm asking you, men of God, hear my word today. Hear the word of the Lord today. Do not be in that camp. I love um, J. Lee Grady because he has always stood up as a man of God uh, on that on that worldly realm, and he has stood and written books, and he has stood with her even in this last letter that was sent out, that that, that, that there would be men of God who would stand with their wives, who would stand with their daughters, 
who have giftings and callings. And this is not to diminish you, man. Father's Day is next month, but today is Mother's Day. Today is women are getting blessed today. And so, you know, just be a part of that camp that is going to stand up and bless and bless your children, bless your daughters, bless your wives, that they would know who they are. In Genesis 3.15, it says, I will put enmity, which means hostility, hatred, between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Uh, this sounds like a very complicated word. This happened as part of the curse after the fall, when uh, they fell for the enemy's tactics and responded instead of obeying um, the Lord. And this was what was said of Eve and was said about womankind. But if you look deeper into this, yes, there is hostility. The devil does not like women. He doesn't like men for that matter. But he really has a war on for women. He really does. Why? Because in God's plan, in God's plan, it would be the seed of woman that would bruise the, Satan's head. Hallelujah. So there is a promise in this scripture that says one day, one day, I am going to use a woman, I'm going to use women to be a part of the redemption and the restoration of the results of the fall. Come on now, say something, hallelujah, amen about that. It's a good news, hallelujah, hallelujah. So women will play a particular role in undoing the effects of the fall. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? More specifically, Mary, who carried Jesus in her womb, birthed the Lord Jesus Christ, who would ultimately, absolutely have victory over the enemy at the cross. That's what this scripture means. And we as believers have entered into that place. So women, we have an assignment. And that assignment is that we are to shape the seed that has been entrusted to us. We're to shape the children that have been entrusted to us. Whether they are spiritual children or whether they are natural children, we have an assignment. And you know, um, a lot of my life, this is part of, like I said, I, I had a, a lot of motivation when I was young to try and prove my own value. I wanted to be superwoman. I tried to be superwoman, uh, looked after my home, had my children, went to school full time, drove to Vancouver every day, made meals, did everything I could do to be superwoman. And uh, I know that in some ways I, I missed some of the nurturing that I could have released. And to understand, this assignment is your greatest assignment. Now, most of us as mothers in this room will say, I, I failed. I, I, I have not measured up to the standard of God. But it's never too late. Never too late. Come on now, ladies, it's never too late. And this is a new day, and this is a day where God wants all of our energy, all of our devotion to God to just be at the forefront where we can do what God's called us to do, and particularly in the area of prayer. We're called to lead and shape the generations that follow. I know that I made errors in my young motherhood years, and, and probably still do sometimes. However, one thing I know, my children know, that I love Jesus, and that I worship Jesus, and that his presence was the most important thing to me, and that I was a praying mother. And my grandchildren know I'm a praying grandchildren. 
praying for my grandchildren. So, you know, that's, that's an awesome thing. So don't let the enemy uh, keep you down over things where you miss the mark, but understand what God has planned for you. Children need to see your passion for God. Show your passion for God. If you love God, show it. Speak it. Express it wherever you can. You are a threat to the enemy, women of God, mothers of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The first thing we need to do is to identify ourselves as daughters of God. Not, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, that's all I do. No. My first identification is I am a daughter of God. Let's say that together, ladies. I am a daughter of God. Come on now, say it like you believe it and you love it. I am a daughter of God. And there's nothing more wonderful to me than that. And that is the truth. And that, I hope that will be your truth. I trust that will be your truth. Matthew 6.10, we pray it, your kingdom come, your will be done. You have the blessing and the opportunity to bring the kingdom of God to your very household. We were kind of thinking, okay, what can I do? I want to do something for God. I want to be used of God. I want God to use me powerfully. And, and maybe we see others operating in certain giftings and callings. But, oh, if we would just know that we can bring the kingdom of God to our homes, to our households. And that's God's heart for us. We've been learning about um, our freedom. God wants us to keep following our freedom in Jesus Christ and refuse the bondage of the enemy. Refuse the things and the strategies and the tactics he would try to use against us to keep us from fulfilling our purposes in the Lord. We've um, heard the scripture over and over, but we, we can repeat it over and over as well. In, in Romans 8.15, we've not received the spirit of slavery again to fear, but we've Receive the spirit wherein we cry, Abba, Father, I am a daughter of God. And uh, 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I encourage you, women of God, bring the spirit of the Lord into your family. Bring the spirit of the Lord and the spirit of freedom into your conversation. Bring the spirit of the Lord because that's where freedom lies. Keep seeking your Freedom. When mothers, listen to this, this is really important. Mothers, when mothers find their freedom, children will find their destiny. When mothers find their freedom, children will find their destiny. So pursue your freedom, whatever you do. Keep going on the journey of wholeness. Keep going on the journey of freedom with the Spirit of God directing your way and it will help your children receive their identity and their destiny in God. Mothers and women, you are the enemy's worst nightmare, like I said before. You know, how many of you suffered fear and nightmares in your life? I have. Yeah, I have at times. But I love it, the fact that I can be the enemy's nightmare and God's greatest weapon. God's greatest weapon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Proverbs 14.1. The wise woman builds her house. The wise woman builds her house. How do we build our house? Well, I believe we build our house through prayer. We build our house through our meditation on the word. We build our house according to the word of God 
and the presence of God and the Spirit of God. I love the portion of scriptures in Psalm 8, 2, where it says, Out of the mouth of babes I perfect praise. Now, praise and worship and adoration, that's a form of prayer. It's a form of prayer, and it's, so, it's probably one of the most powerful ways to pray. But in the Passion Version, that scripture says, and this is, this is awesome, it says, You have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. <laughs> wow, we would never think that, would we? No. We would think some gallant man on a big white horse in all of his armor is going to do it. No, you have built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. The world is going mad. The world is going crazy. But having that childlike spirit of praise and worship, seeing our, our young people rise up to be praisers and worshipers of God, this is no little thing. This is no, I just want to tinkle away on my instrument or use my beautiful voice. This is what the word of God says as the power to shut the mouth of the enemy. Hallelujah for the word of God. Hallelujah for the word of God. We're going to look at a couple of examples of women of prayer in the Word. And um, there's many, there's many, many women in the Bible who rose up to the challenge of God's destiny in their life. And God wants us to investigate those. But I'm just going to mention two of those this morning. And uh, just to preempt that, I am here because of women who prayed. I am here because of a grandmother who prayed. Just out of uh, interest, <laughs> my husband gave me a DNA test for my birthday. And I got the results back last night. He handed it to me. I thought there was going to be some surprise. But I'm 50.2 Scandinavian. <laughs> 23 Finnish. I don't know what that is. I'm talking to Ken because he's my cousin. And then uh, 22 or 23% Scottish, Welsh, and uh, Irish somewhere in there. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no big surprises, but I didn't think I was so overloaded on the Scandinavian side, but I guess I am. And uh, anyway, my uh, Scandinavian grandmother, my Norwegian grandmother, who came to Canada and couldn't speak a word of English, she lived in a one-room house down um, where we know is False Creek now and, and had one little window where she looked out across the ocean longing for Norway. Didn't know how to go and order meat at the butcher store. But I grew up in an in a apartment block that was owned by my grandparents down on West Broadway. It's still there. And it was, it was a really intriguing place. It had all kinds of nooks and crannies in it. And, and I was the only kid in the whole place. We had our private suite, and my grandmother had a private suite, but I would spend time with her. And I grew up listening to her. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, I worship you, I love you. For those of you who don't know, that was my spiritual language. I don't know how to pray as I ought to, but the Spirit makes intercession with groanings too deep for words. And sometimes our English words are just not enough to pray. And I grew up listening to those sounds from age three to age six, and something stirred in me. 
that knew that I was connecting to my destiny. I didn't know that as a little tot, but something in my spirit knew that. And sometimes she would be sick on her bed. She was ailing a lot. And she would call me in and she'd say, put your hand on my forehead and pray because your prayers are powerful. And I would pray for her. And she taught me how to pray. Some of you know Auntie Jenny. And uh, she was a young woman. And uh, she married her husband. And they were off to the mission field in India. And halfway through their trip to go, her husband uh, acquired acute cancer, and within months he came back to our apartment there, and I remember as a little girl, they were in the front room, and, and he went home to be with Jesus. God plucked him out of a totally unbelieving family, and those questions, we, we just don't know why. But my Auntie Jenny, when she was 19 years old, boarded a freighter by herself and went to India on her own because there were no mission boards that were hiring women to go to the foreign field because in those days they wouldn't even let you be a missionary. Nowadays you can sometimes be a woman missionary or you can maybe be a woman worship leader but you dare not be a woman preacher. And, uh, but I grew up listening to the prayers of Auntie Jenny. She spent her last days sitting here, sitting here in this congregation at Connect Church, interceding and praying for me, interceding and praying for us here at Connect Church. And now she is on the other side. I believe she's still interceding and praying with a great host in heaven who are witnesses and just cheering us on, cheering us on in the things of God. My mother was a praying mother. And I'm so thankful for her worshiping, praying heart. But I am here, I know that, because of the prayers of these godly women. My father came to the Lord late in life, late in life so he did come to the Lord, and we had a wonderful uh, healing and relationship together in his uh, last days. But I've got a lot of people over on the other side in that great cloud of witnesses. So it's so important that we who are here will understand our destiny to have that same spirit that those who went before us had. I'm going to talk a little bit about Hannah. Hannah from um, 1 Samuel 1. And just to look at this, uh, the, the cultural background here, it was a male-dominant culture. And uh, the nation had degenerated into... Um, immorality and politically as well. Doesn't that sound familiar a little bit? Often in the word, you know, we see the same things happening. And there was an onslaught of the enemy against them. Those old Philistines were coming against them. And uh, we see this, this story or this account of, of this family. There was a man who was a Levite who was uh, in Israel. He lived far from uh, Jerusalem. His name was Elkanah. He had two wives. One was Penina. And one was Hannah. Penina was able to have children. And she used to taunt Hannah. She would taunt her because she was not able to give birth to children. And Anna was very, Hannah was very grieved in her heart over the inability to have children. And as often happens, uh, Jewish families would make pilgrimage to Jerusalem three times a year. We don't know specifically what feast it was. But they went to Jerusalem. And as they went there to make offering and to celebrate the presence of the Lord, we see Hannah in the temple. And she's pouring out her heart to God. 
She's pouring out her heart and she's crying out to God. And she makes a vow to the Lord. If you will just give me a son, just give me a son, and I will give him to you all the days of his life. I will give my son to you if you will just give me this son. And Eli was looking on. He was the priest in the temple. And he saw this woman and, and she was praying and, and she was praying from her heart and she was just moving her mouth. And, and he thought that she was drunk. He thought that she was filled with so much wine. It kind of reminds me of, of, of Acts and the day of Pentecost when, when they thought they were all drunk with wine because of the Holy Spirit. And so the Lord was just, she was just, entreating the Lord and crying out to the Lord for her son. And Eli said to her, go in peace. Go in the shalom of God and may, the, may God of Israel grant your petition. And she, she went home and she and her husband were intimate and she conceived. And she bore a son. This miraculous birth because this woman cried out. She cried out to God. And I just had a sense that God wants us to have that same spirit, that we will cry out to God with that kind of intensity, with that kind of heart for the issues of our life, for the issues of our family, for the issues of our children. We worry, we are concerned, but will we just take that position and cry out and see the miraculous, whether today or whether tomorrow, God is faithful. And if we take that position of prayer, it will be such an awesome position to have. And we see in 1 Samuel 1.20 that she says, because I asked for him from the Lord, because I asked for him from the Lord, and they named him Samuel, which means uh, God has heard. His name means God has heard. And as I was studying this, I was just uh, believing that many of you are asking from God for your children, for your sons, for your daughters. Believe and know that God wants to hear and answer your prayer with regard to, to your seed, with regard to the fruit of your womb. This miraculous birth brought personal refreshing and, and personal excitement, but it also brought national refreshing. For this, this child, she said, I will wait until he's weaned, and then I will take him to the temple, and I will give him to the Lord. I will give him to the Lord for, for all the days of his life. What, what a sacrifice to make when God had answered this prayer of her heart. But we know what happened there, that when Samuel was a little boy, he heard the voice of the Lord and God said that none of his words would fall to the ground. And he raised him up as a mighty prophet in Israel and the last judge before God brought kings to Israel. What an awesome thing that this miraculous circumstance happened and all of this that happened in, in this time in history. But God wants us to have that same kind of spirit, that same kind of heart to intercede and pray. The other example is in the New Testament. And it is of, of the, the woman Anna. Anna, and this is found in Luke 2, um, 36. It's just a small mention of her. But it says she was a woman who was 84 years old at this point, but that she had, um, she spent her life interceding and praying in the temple. She became a widow very young, in her life, and she spent her whole life interceding and praying in the temple. And if we just look at the background of this, where this portion of scripture talks about her, that she was also a prophetess, but it was um, Jesus 
Jesus was conceived and he was, he was born, he was circumcised, and it was necessary for Mary to wait 40 days. That was the custom for a purification. And then they would go and they would dedicate their children to the Lord and, and make offering there. And so they went up to the temple, their family, to bring Jesus to be dedicated. And there was a man in the temple, and his name was Simeon. And it says he was a devout man. And the God had said to him, you're not going to die until you see the salvation of Israel. You're not going to die until you see your Messiah. And when Jesus came in, that little baby with his family, the spirit of prophecy came on Simeon and he began to prophesy over Jesus. And he says, now your servant about himself, your servant can depart in peace. For my eyes have seen the salvation of Israel and my eyes have seen the light to the Gentiles to come. And, and the spirit of prophecy was just all upon him. And, and Anna was a witness to this. She was a part of that intercession that went forth. Her name in Hebrew is Shannon. And it means favor or grace. It means to, to bend or stoop in kindness. It means to find favor and to show favor. She was a woman of prayer and she was a woman of influence. And, you know, sometimes when we get o older in age, we might think, well, my days are done. Well, I believe, I don't know what's going to happen in my next season of life, but I'm anticipating that God is going to show God is going to reveal what is going to happen because he causes us to go from glory to glory, from strength to strength. That's his heart. We never retire in the kingdom of God. We get refired. We get, we get new vision. We get excitement that comes to our heart for the new season that God has. And, and uh, just carefully walking before him and being prayerful. When I read about her, I, I thought about Priscilla. Um, and just thought about her heart to, to intercede and pray and to be a prophetic voice in our house. And, and for those of us who are more, more mature, that we would just grab hold of the passion of God and, and just enter into this place. I have a lot to say, as you can hear, so I just have a little bit more to share with you this morning. I, I'm not the amplified version, but I am the deep well and pool. And when I start drawing what God wants to say, this is how you get it. I'm serving out a full meal here, mothers. I'm serving out a full meal. So, hallelujah. My last point, though, which has a few, few points to it, is that there are seven prayer keys for praying mothers and women. The first one is to ask. A lot of times we don't understand how important for, it is for us to continue to ask. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open unto you. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. God wants to open the doors. He wants to open the doors. James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask. Some, sometimes we have things mulling around in our spirit, things that are important to us, but are we asking? Are we seeking? Are we believing? Are we continuing to ask? The second point is God's delays are not God's denials. Remember that. Often we stop praying because we do not receive the answer. We need to keep praying. Keep seeking God for the answer. Keep praying. Number three, pray 
Prayer and God's words go hand in hand. Prayer and God's words go hand in hand. The Bible fuels our prayer life. The Bible tells us what's happened in the past and will encourage us for our future. The word of God is so powerful because it's a live word, and we need to do that. Number four, keep a prayer journal. And I have, I have lists and papers with names and scriptures and, and, uh, and, and specific to different situations and circumstances and endeavor to pray the word over my uh, family and, and, uh, and, uh, and you and those of us who would uh, be together in the family of God. But, you know, I believe the Lord has even made this more specific, that he wants us to be very specific he wants us to journal our prayers, specific things. What do you want? What do you need? What needs to happen in your family? What are your dreams? What is your desires for your family? And, and, and notate those things. And then when you get specific answers, write those down too. Because sometimes we forget the little prayer answers. God wants us to notate those little answers to prayer and to be thanking him and be prayerful about that. Number five, when we can't understand his hand, we trust his heart. When you know Jesus, when you know his heart, when you know his love, you can trust his heart. And one, one of those areas that we find difficult is in the area of healing, that we don't understand, you know, why some are not healed or why we're not seeing those miracles today. But God desires to release his miracles as we pray, as we pray, remembering our hope is in him, it's not in the outcome. It's in him. It's our focus on him. Number six, God's best is worth praying for. Are not your children, are not those ones that God has given you to nurture and, and, and encourage, are they not worth praying for? Time and energy, praying for, for our children, for our children's children, and for those that would come after and let the power of heaven come to earth. Pray bold, specific prayers. Bold, specific prayers. And we can ask him, Lord, what are the prayers that you want me to pray? My last um, point for us today is that we pray perfectly we, when we pray the word of God or when we pray in the spirit. And many of you have heard me teach on this, but I believe this is so powerful that God would give us specific words to pray out of his words that become rhema words for us. Psalm 112, 1 to 3, says, Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty upon the earth. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in their house, and their righteousness will endure forever. And this is how I pray. I say, God... Blake and I fear you. We love you. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commands. We delight in you. I think it's pretty obvious we delight in God. We delight in him. He's the delight of our hearts. My son, Chad, his wife, Willow, Leaf, Cherokee, Sierra, Summer, will be blessed of the Lord. Tiffany and Derek and Dakota and Cadence will be blessed of the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, all hell is trying to come against our families, all kinds of discouragement, but as we go, we can just keep saying, keep praying the word. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Another portion of scripture that I pray often, and I have a list of them, but these are the ones that God highlighted to me. Isaiah 59, 21. This is so important. This is the covenant that I have made with them, says the Lord, that my spirit that is upon you will not depart from you, nor the mouth of your children, nor the mouth of your children's children, from this day forward and forevermore, saith the Lord. The spirit, the same spirit that's on me. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not going to depart from my children. It's not going depart, to depart from my children's children. I'm seeing it with my eyes. It's manifesting. It's just so simple. It's a simple thing, people. It's not a big, heavy burden. And then when you start to see it manifesting, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. Hallelujah. And then I mentioned it before, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. And for some of us, maybe we've been brought up in more traditional evangelical backgrounds where the gifts of the Spirit or the things of the Spirit are not taught or we don't understand them, so they, they sound kind of mysterious and spooky. But is my first language. It's my heavenly language. It's my language that I was birthed into. It's my inherited language, and it's a powerful language. I don't know how to pray as I ought to. <laughs> but the Spirit makes intercession with groanings too deep for words. Hallelujah. And Jude 20, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If you're not going through challenges in your parenting, if you're not going through challenges as a mother, you will. You will. But we all do, day by day, moment by moment. And God wants us to be the warring women of God that he's called us to be. Psalm 68, 11 says, Great is the company of women who will proclaim the good news. They will take the spoil of war. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So blessed be the name of the Lord. The meal's over. Hallelujah. I hope you've eaten it up and you're going to chew on it and you're going to think about it and you're going to meditate on it and you're going to use these keys and you're going to be blessed of the Lord and you're going to be a threat to the kingdom of darkness and you're going to be a tool in God's hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.